But if we can move into that state with the music at 60 beats per minute, mm-hmm. right? So that's our external metronome of the music. And it synchronizes with the internal metronome of our heart can move us into these orderly states where the heart becomes the conductor of the other systems in our body. And we have the ability to even improve heart rate variability, um, which is, as you know, one of the prime indicators of heart and overall health Mm -hmm. and allows us to adapt and to be resilient when we have these stresses in our life. and welcome to Pursuing Health. I'm Dr. Julie Fouché, family physician and former CrossFit Games athlete. Here, I bring you information and inspiration to help bridge the gap between fitness and medicine and support your journey toward your healthiest self. Thank you so much for joining me. Now let's get started with this week's episode. Welcome back to Pursuing Health. I am really excited to be here today with Barry Goldstein, who is a producer and composer and his musical experience is wide spanning across many styles and genres from co-producing the Grammy award winning track 69 Freedom Special with Les Paul for best rock instrumental to providing ambient music for Shirley MacLaine. And he has also composed and produced music for television, film, major record labels and top 10 recording artists. But his passion now is in using music for healing, and it's being used in hospitals, hospices, cancer centers, medical practices all over. And he's also worked with uh, many experts in the field. So the father of biohacking, Dave Asprey, he's reached the Billboard Top 10 New Age albums with New York Times bestselling authors, Dr. Joe Dispenza, Dr. Daniel Amen, as well as Anita Morjani. And so... I am so excited to be here with you today, Barry. Also excited to talk a little bit about your book, The Secret Language of the Heart, which has really become a go-to for this connection using music beyond just art and entertainment and using it more for healing um, and talks a lot about the, the data and the science behind that. So thank you so much for joining me. I'm so excited to dive into this topic with you. Thank you so much for having me. I'm I'm excited for the conversation as well, and just bringing this awareness um, to your audience if they don't already have some inkling of how powerful music can be, which I'm sure they do. Um, hopefully, by the end, they'll have an even greater awareness. Um, yes, and you make a great point. I, we have not really touched this topic on the podcast in you know the eight years of the podcast. So I don't know that that people listening may may not have this understanding. And so I'm excited to bring it to light. And you know what better person to talk to us about it than you? You know, I think for so many of us, we think about music as an art form or as entertainment or something that just fills the space in the background as we're going about our daily activities. But then we also have experienced definitely experienced those moments in life that you know where music really captivates us whether it's at a live concert or whether it's you know a certain melody catching you or certain lyrics that really make you feel something um or music taking you back to a certain you know moment in life or emotion and i know that these are the moments that for you have shaped how you see music very differently and the role that it can play in in your lives and i i wanted to share with the listeners just a quote from your book because it was so powerful to me you say that is why music is here to communicate what words cannot and to assist in integrating the wisdom of our minds and the lessons of our hearts for the purpose of our personal and spiritual evolution when we can see music in this light it becomes more than just art and entertainment it is a translator of divine thought and a way of life it is a powerful vehicle to transform us on the deepest level from the inside out that is profound <laughs> Cool. You're getting me like ulterior, you know? I know. We're just getting into the podcast and we're getting, we're going really deep. Um, But this is something, you know, you talk about too in your book, you've known this and felt this from a really young age. So would you mind sharing that? When was the the first time that, that you really knew music was something beyond just, you know, an art form or a hobby? 
Yeah, and, and just to preface it too, you know, this is, I like to take credit for, you know, this work, you know, music and the healing aspects, but it's been known for thousands of years and in medicine as well. If you look at the symbol for medicine in Chinese medicine, it actually incorporates the symbol of music within it. Mm. So it's really bringing ancient technologies into modern times so mm -hmm. to speak, and just reminding ourselves th that the innate knowing within our physical bodies and how music relates to this existed way before mm -hmm. um, recorded music or before I even, you know, was an inkling or thought in my parents' mind, um, wow. you know, <laughs> about That's, all this. So, Yeah, I didn't know that about Chinese medicine. And it just reminds me of so many other examples where that's the case where these answers are not new. They've, they come, you know, thinking about even food going back to, you know, eating whole food from the earth and how far away right. we've gotten from that or how far away maybe we've gotten from this idea that music can be healing, but it really has been, it is such an innate part of being human and being yeah, on the earth. terminology, even that's used, you know, in medical terms, bringing the body into harmony, mm. you know, resynchronizing or getting back into rhythm with our health. Mm -hmm. You know, so all of these things are, are language that is used in music, but also translate into modern medicine and how it could be used. So um, recircling back to your answer, your question, because <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to go off on, on a tangent. Uh, so, yeah, for me, this this was not initially what I thought was going to be my path. Mm. Now, I was groomed in the 70s and you know, listening to playlists, you know, back then was not, you know, done in our phones. It was all of my Bronx boys getting together in the park with <laughs> each one of us had a half an hour mixtape. Wow. Right. That we played and it really represented the soundtrack of our lives. And that's when I think I realized how powerful music was when, you know, I listened to one of my friends half hour playlist. And I knew that he was going through challenges in his family with alcoholism. And his brother was like a warlord in a gang in the Bronx mm -hmm. where I grew up. And watching him move into a completely other place where this hard exterior was brought down into heart and a pride for his music and how he was using it, you know, to get through. And mm -hmm. I think I knew then that music had the ability to move us and was a bridge that could take us from one state to another. Mm -hmm. So, and for me as well, in my household, I was brought up um, with music's a nice hobby, but what are you going to do for a living? You know, <laughs> okay. So it was encouraged. And even that guitar behind me, that Gibson Les Paul, mm -hmm. my father brought me that guitar when I was 14. It was like way over our budget, you know, and what we can afford, but he believed enough in me to, um, to buy me that guitar and actually made me promise that I was going to stick with music when he bought me that guitar, mm. which is a Gibson Les Paul. And literally 30 years later, after he bought me that guitar, almost to the date, I ended up working with Les Paul, the guy who invented that wow. guitar and co-producing a Grammy award winning track with him. Wow. And so you know, music was kind of programmed into my life, but I didn't think of it as medicine until I became a producer and started reaching burnout, you know, being a type A New Yorker and producing hip hop and club and, you know, rock and roll and having to do that in a certain period of time started to take the love out of, mm. you know, music for me. Mm -hmm. And um, I don't know if you've ever had that experience or your listeners have ever had that experience where you, you know, you have a goal and you get into this job and you're so happy about it. And then it's not everything that you thought it was going to be. Totally. You know, so. And it, and just the having such a love and a passion, but when it becomes a job or a livelihood or you you know, are fitting it into a certain structure, then it can, you know, it doesn't have that same space for creativity as when it's a hobby and, and can be hard to, um, then you can find yourself like, well, why am I not loving this anymore? And it can be really discouraging. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, you pinpointed it, you know, I think it's when we put structure on things 
and it's, it becomes so minutely defined, you know, of what that needs to look like mm-hmm. that we can tend to move out of our, our passion. And I know that my wife is a doctor and that structure sometimes, you know, of standard of care and moving mm-hmm. outside of that, you know, can also take the inno- innovativeness and the creativity out of working with patients on an individual basis mm-hmm. and individualized medicine. So for me, when I reach that state, I'm like, God, what do I do about this? I just want to, I just want to hang out with that kid, meaning yeah. myself, when I was 14 years old, sitting on the edge of my bed and so excited just to be writing songs. And so I did some research at the time. And what I found out was that our hearts at a relaxed state be between 60 and 70 beats per minute. Mm-hmm. And I said, what would happen since my target is my heart uh-huh. and moving back to it, like literally, what would happen if I set my metronome to 60 beats per minute and take away that structure, mm. you know, of minutely composing a four minute song that had to have melodies that were repeatable, right? That's what a chorus is Mm. in a hook we call in pop music. I said, what would happen instead of composing music? I let the music decompose me. Wow. And yeah, it was pretty, uh, pretty cool. I'm like, well, no one's going to know. So I'm just going to kind of take these journeys. Yeah. Yeah. Just try it. So I started setting my metronome for, for that tempo and just allowing the music to flow through me, not knowing any notes that I was going to play. Like what would happen if I just let it come through Mm -hmm. and tap into something beyond myself, whatever you would like to call that, whether it's universal consciousness, nature. I don't like to put labels on what Mm -hmm. I was doing because I really didn't know what I was doing. Um, (laughs) One big experiment. Yeah, big experiment. And I just started taking hour-long journeys. And what I found was that when I really let myself go and get immersed into it, that Mm -hmm. I was losing track of time, that my anxiety and stress for having to do it in a specific period of time were leaving me. Mm -hmm. And I can feel myself moving into that trance state Mm-hmm. that, you know, in in athletics, which I'm sure you're aware of, we call the zone. Mm-hmm. Or we call the flow state. Flow and state. you lose track of time, right? And you're just like in yeah. that groove and mm-hmm. everything's going right. Your physical body feels like it's aligned with your mental and your emotional. And, you know, I didn't think that anyone would listen to this music, you know, to be honest with you. <laughs> it was just for your own healing. It was for my own healing, and I, I I started getting courageous. So let me just play this for a couple of people. Uh-huh. And what I started getting was like people were excited about using it in different ways. Mm. A friend who was a massage therapist was like, "Oh my god, this is exactly what I was looking for. Just continuous music. I don't want the birds chirping in the back. I don't want <laughs> the, you know, I don't want the ocean waves. I just want my clients to be able to relax into it and not be distracted by anything." She mm-hmm. started using it. You know, a friend of mine, his mom had Alzheimer's. And they lived in Harlem, which is a very busy, loud neighborhood yeah. in New York. And he started using it to mask out the noise. And mm. she started like asking, Phil, can you play me my music? You know, I was like, he's like, dude, I can't believe this. My mom like loves your music. She calls it her <laughs> music. That's and awesome. so I was like, wow, I, I think I'm on, like, I'm onto something here. You know, people using it in dental offices and mm-hmm. birthing children into the world. And so I think because I had an intention that I wanted to myself to move back into that synchrony of my body mm-hmm. and into that relaxed state. And I had a general intention, which was that it served the highest capacity of healing for each individual that listened to it. Mm-hmm. And so what I didn't know then was that what I was doing was entraining my heart to a relaxed state. And the studies show that now that when we move to these smooth, orderly heart rhythms, mm-hmm. that our heart literally becomes the conductor of the other systems in our body. And not only is our breathing slowing down and we're moving into parasympathetic state, mm-hmm. but our brain waves are following 
our heart in terms of slowing down and we're moving into these beneficial cognitive states too. We're moving into alpha and theta states, which are so beneficial for or creativity and moving into that flow state in the zone. So I had no idea that's what I was doing then. But then, you know, once I found out this mechanism was working with people, I started researching that. And that's what really led to producing my book was all of this research that even now I wrote it in 2016. We're in 2023. The body of work between then and now has grown mm-hmm. so significantly. Mm-hmm. And uh, even in 2016, from the time that I started doing music like this, which was 20, 2002, you know, it was leaps and bounds. When I started talking about this, people looked at me like I would have three heads <laughs> and doctors, especially. Uh, yeah, so. I bet. I bet. Wow. That's amazing. I'd love to, to dig in more to how what we know about how music impacts our bodies. And you talked a little bit about the heart, the heartbeat entrainment. You have this great example of a baby fussing and then listening to this music. Can you share that? Yeah. So um, I actually had someone who was a midwife in Chicago, a very busy hospital. Mm -hmm. And she started to use one of my CDs called Ambiology One, The Heart, um, with mothers before they started to deliver, mm-hmm. even before the, that process mm-hmm. um, started. So months before. Okay. And we know that, um, that, that that's one of the first senses that comes in in the unborn about 18 weeks, that sense of hearing. Um, starts to occur. So she started to ask the mothers to play this music mm-hmm. about when 18 weeks in and up until the time of birth. And then she utilized that same music during the process of birth. So before, during okay. to calm down the mother mm-hmm. um, in the process. And then after as well, when you know the baby had any challenges at all, would play that music. And what she found was that in the pre-stage, it was very helpful in moving through, you know, prenatal care and moving into those relaxed states and staying mm-hmm. in a nice, calm, centered state. During the birth, it became what we call an autobiographical memory. So mm-hmm. we know that music can trigger these memories. And once we define what that is, so in this case, it was defining safety and nurturing for her during the birthing process. And when that music came on, she was centered, she was focused, but she was also in an attentive state as she was in a relaxed state. Mm-hmm. And then during after birth, you know, when that baby was fussy, or there was noise in the room, she would utilize the same music to calm the baby down as well as herself and creating that bond Mm -hmm. that's created between mother and child. And we know that music, even um, through study of lullabies, that when a mother sings a lullaby to her child, that they're producing oxytocin, which is, Mm. you know, thought of as the love or the hugging or the cuddle hormone. Mm-hmm. So it's amazing, you know, the effect that music has just not on us emotionally, but also on our physical body and allows us to produce, a, you know, that internal pharmacy that's so beneficial. Mm-hmm. And so cool to see, you know, in that example of, you know, baby's fussy, trying to calm, calm the baby down, but then you turn on the music and that is something that clearly is that you can see it in front of your eyes. The baby gets calmer. You turn it off and they start fussing again. It's You can't ignore that. And, um, and I think we, we also experience that, you know, when we listen to certain types of music. And so I know you have an example of some heart coherence music or heart entrainment music. Could we try and see just to give people a sense of what that, what that feels like? Sure. Sure. And then I'll tell you a little story about this clip, but this is called the heart codes. Okay. And it's really geared towards coming home to the heart. It's composed at 60 beats per minute. And just with really beautiful, lush sound waves. So I'm just going to move into playing it for you guys and allow you to have your own journey. If you'd like to close your eyes, it's only a small sample, 
but feel free to close your eyes and just allow yourself to. So if if you're listening to this while you're driving, please don't close your eyes, but everyone else go ahead. So yeah, that's a (laughs) a minute and a half, right? A very short period of time. Um, So I don't know if you were able to tap into and just let go in that short period. Um, But it doesn't take long to really reset. You know, it's like we want to, there's a longing to come into that state. Yes, I definitely, as soon as I started to hear the music, I could feel it, could definitely feel it in my heart. And if you just you know, relax into it. It's really, really incredible. I think it's a, almost like a, an aid for meditation, um, Mm -hmm. where in the process, I, there was times where I'd be, I'd feel like I was more in my head while we were listening and I'd feel thoughts pass through, but then I'd go back to my heart. Like the music would take me back to my heart. Awesome. Yeah. And I think it's, you know, it's this particular piece was composed with the intention of gratitude, Mm -hmm. you know, of feeling gratitude and that's part of the studies as well with with working with heart coherence is that when we look at ECGs and we're looking at heart rate, that when it's in those smooth, orderly rhythms is when we're in these emotions of kindness, compassion, and gratitude, you know, loving, caring. But when those heart rhythms are incoherent in the spectrum there more of the feelings of anger or frustration and shame so what is music's role in in terms of that and that's really what this piece was about if we can move into that state with the music at 60 beats per minute mm-hmm. right so that's our external metronome of the music and it synchronizes with the internal metronome of our heart can move us into these orderly states where the heart becomes the conductor of the other systems in our body. And we have the ability to even improve heart rate variability, um, which is, as you know, one of the prime indicators of heart and overall health Mm -hmm. and allows us to adapt and to be resilient when we have these stresses in our life. So that was the intention of the heart codes was to allow people to really drop into that heart space effortlessly. And I, I think the note about heart rate variability is so profound because I think a lot of listeners can relate to that. Maybe they track their heart rate variability using a wearable device and, and understand how important that is for our recovery and our overall health. And we often think about things like sleep and the timing of when we Mm -hmm. go to sleep and nutrition and meditation and cold therapy and exercise and all these things that alcohol, all these things that can impact our heart rate variability. But music is another tool that we can use um, that really can have a big impact on, like you said, balancing our, our nervous system, helping us shift into more of a parasympathetic state. Yeah. And here's the thing. So Stephen Sinatra, who um, was a a board-certified cardiologist, he passed recently. 
And him and I had this conversation and we called what I'm doing acousticeuticals. Mm, and that. so he said, this is really what you're doing is really the next step. You know, there's pharmaceuticals, nutraceuticals, but acousticeuticals are going to be very help, helpful in studying heart rate variability and also the relationship between the heart and the brain, which is, you know, new as well, calling neuro, neurocardiology. And we're seeing that the intelligence of the heart is, is measurable. It's not just something that we're talking about, you know, in spiritual communities now that we're mm-hmm. bringing more attention to this innate intelligence, you know, that has intuition, but also has an effect physically, you know, on our, our body. So, you know, music is not talked about as widely as it should because it's low cost, non-invasive, no side effects. You know, pharmaceutical companies aren't making money off of it. Right. Exactly. Exactly. So, um, and we really have nothing to lose by, by trying them, even if it's in conjunction mm-hmm. with things that, um, you're u- currently utilizing, um, as well. It's a great adjunct to a lot of modalities and things that are used for health within, you know, pharmaceuticals and nutraceuticals. I think they all have a place. I'm not mm-hmm. by any means knocking any of them because I think, you know, everything has a purpose. And, but I, I think that when we shift our awareness to this is not just art and entertainment, this is something that can create profound healing mm-hmm. and transformation. We begin to think of it in different ways that not just that's something that's happening to us, but it's something that's happening in us. Mm-hmm. And we have the ability to engage it. And, and you talked about it at the beginning, not in random ways where, wow, I hear this song on the radio <laughs> and um, that was my mom's favorite song. And in that moment, I'm able to release any grief that I had mm-hmm. or any loving memories for her. That's a healing, mm-hmm. right? But it's, but it's random. Um, so what would happen then if we begin to direct this, you know, just like as... Um, a doctor has prescriptions, right? What if we began to create musical prescriptions for health Mm. and started to create programs for this where it becomes an active part of our life? It's not incidental. We're actually using it specific times of the day and, you know, we're using it to navigate our energy more effectively so that we have more time for whatever our power and our passion, our purpose in life is. Mm -hmm. We only have so much energy. And music can work with renewing, restoring, targeting our energy, and really not just effective for relaxation, but in corporate environments for productivity and focus and cognitive skills as well. So Mm -hmm. this goes right across the board, you know, in not just patient care, but also in hospitals for working with staff and keeping them at the place that they need to be to treat Mm -hmm. as well. It's for... For all humans in every stage of life, right? We can be, you know, just like we think about a spectrum from in CrossFit, we talk about the spectrum from sickness to wellness to fitness. But to me, it sounds like, you know, music can be used anywhere along that spectrum. If you are someone who is in hospice care and, you know, extremely mm-hmm. sick, or if you are someone who is extremely healthy but you want to improve your attention, your focus, your memory, your cognition, so you can be even more effective at the things that you love to do. So I know you give some of these prescriptions in your book um, for a variety of different conditions, everything from, you know, Alzheimer's and ADHD and anxiety, insomnia, childbirth, like you talked about, cancer. And so can you talk a little bit about you know, anything that we know about the impact of music on certain health conditions and then how you developed those specific prescriptions. Yeah. And a lot of these are from, you know, research that, you know, is in PubMed and in really large studies now, like for instance, Kirtan Kriya, okay, which is a chanting where you're using mudras and you're going Satanama. Right. It sounds pretty like a little bit woo and out mm-hmm. there, but literally the Alzheimer's organization did in a, like a very large study that showed by doing that for 12 minutes a day. So you do it for three minutes where you're singing it. Okay. Three minutes whispering, um, whispering it. 
three minutes in silence doing that, satanama, and then you're doing it backwards, uh, whispering, um, okay. no, silence, whispering, and then singing again. Okay. And they found that 12 minutes a day was improving cognition, improving memory, wow. um, length of telomeres um, that, you know, as a measurement we use for aging, mm-hmm. um, for sleep, for stress, 12 minutes a day. Wow. And so my father-in-law, who's um, 89 and a half and living with us, and we noticed that he was starting to get some signs of Parkinism, Parkinsonism. Mm-hmm. And we told him to do this. And so for 12 minutes a day, he does it while mm-hmm. he's walking every okay. day. And if you think about it, you're firing and wiring. You're doing a lot mm-hmm. of different things at once. And you're using music to do that as very very beneficial. So again, that has been around for a long time, that Kirtan Kriya. um, The study of chanting Om, um, as well as showed limbic deactivation occurring in the brain. So that part of the brain that's associated with peacefulness. Mm -hmm. When um, one of the groups chanted S, nothing happened when they looked at the fMRI studies. Mm -hmm. But when they looked at fMRI studies for chanting OM, which in Sanskrit has said to contain every sound in the universe within it, that it lit up the areas of the brain that were associated with inner peace. Wow. So When I think of of OM, I also think of this really deep vibration that comes from that sound versus S and how much that vibration might be also, you know, part of the reason why it's so healing. Right. Exactly. And when I started lecturing in terms of medical communities, my wife says, what do you, what would you like to um, lecture about? Mm -hmm. And that was one of the things I told her because I I was actually bedside with both of my parents when they were transitioning. My dad, I actually chanted Om with with him. Mm. And Really, I mean, I've, I watched him move into a place where he could actually recognize me and wow. his whole demeanor changed. Wow. And Oliver Sacks, who was a neuroscientist, called this awakening. You know, um, when you're utilizing music, that something happens with certain patients in Alzheimer's um, and also in, you know, normal patients that are being treated that awakens in the brain from, you know, a neuroscience point of view. So I I wanted to share that. And she said, well, let's find some studies on OM. And we found this study and literally had 200 um, doctors and colleagues of hers that stood up and chanted with us. Uh And I think it was so beautiful. Like we're moving into this place where we're able to introduce this. And science is a language that translates Mm-hmm. for us and allows us to create that safety to have an experience and is very important mm-hmm. in this you know as well as um in parkinson's they're showing that certain rhythms uh when people are listening to music can improve the gait um and the walking in rhythm synchronizes more with music mm-hmm. um sleeping a big effect music has, you know, especially when the studies show that when we're listening to music at about 60 beats per minute, same Mm -hmm. thing with long tones, not a lot of melody Mm -hmm. um, and no lyrics because the lyrics bring us into our more of our thinking mind. Mm -hmm. And we create a, a judgment that takes us, you know, out of the ability to move into the peaceful state where our brain waves are slowing down. Um, that, that used about an hour before sleep to wind down can not only help you get better sleep, it can help you stay asleep longer. So that's awesome. In chemotherapy treatments, people using them, using relaxing music during chemotherapy um, treatments lessened nausea. nausea. Um, And so it it really is moving across the board. Like if you name it, um, you know, post-operative pain, um, is diminished post-operative pain mm-hmm. in a study. Mm-hmm. And doctors using music in the operating room, mm-hmm. you know, themselves to move yeah. themselves into a place where they feel that um, they're more present and more focused. Mm-hmm. So um, literally, if you name something that, you know, well, is music used for this, there are probably studies now that are showing it. That's incredible. And you think about, too, the impact, like the difference between a typical hospital setting, which normally has a lot of sounds that are more anxiety provoking and fear provoking, right? You have all the beeping of the machines, you have a lot of people talking, you have, 
you know, not a lot of natural sounds happening. And if you, and how much that is impacting patients to be in a more sympathetic state, which is not great for healing versus if you can help them to shift into more of a healing state with music, that's really powerful. Yeah. And that's some of the things that I'm working on now is how do we get music into every room in hospitals that really understand that. So I'm um, creating bedside speakers that have like eight hours worth of sleep music um, that can be utilized in hospital rooms and any and anything that could be used as well um, to move staff into more those states where they're not yeah. feeling the stress as much, where you where you make mistakes, right? Are in yeah. when we're feeling that stress and anxiety and pressure of work. So environment is huge in in medical care and mm-hmm. how we can shift that very simply. I mean, like when you put on a piece of music in a hospital room, I I, I was there for my mom's passing as well. We used a um, a really gentle piece of music as she was passing mm-hmm. and it just knocked out all the noises in the room. Like you can actually see her physical body relaxing mm-hmm. and almost like this giant sigh, mm-hmm. you know, that she knew we were there with her. Wow. And so it could be really powerful and not incidental, but intentional. Yeah. Wow. You were talking about sleep and and certain characteristics of music being able to shift into a, a brain state for sleep. And I know music can be sh- can be used to shift us into various states of consciousness. Can you talk a little bit about that and how it affects the brain? And then I know you have a, a sample of music for sleep as well. Yeah. So, you know, we can move our brain into those more relaxed states in a variety of ways with music. Um, one of them is when we move to those coherent heart states, new research is showing that our brain is slowing down with it and moving to those states that are bridging into sleep. So, you know, most of us, we're leading busy lifestyles and we're don't take the time and I won't say everyone, but I say most of us. And I'm, it's not like every night that I wind down with music. There are times that I forget as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but when I do take the time to set an hour before my, my bed time and I'm not like online, I'm not having the TV going, right? I'm allowing that transition to occur. Then my brain is moving from those busy brainwave states of beta, right? Which is where we are firing and wiring. We need, we need that in our day to comprehend mm-hmm. a vast majority of information, but we don't need it really at sleep time. You know, because we want to bridge into those slower brainwave states of, of alpha and then into theta and then into delta. So if you're not bridging, which not, not all of us do, that's why a lot of times we get to sleep, but we don't stay asleep. So it's mm-hmm. almost like we're going from really fast to really slow and there's nothing in between. So music bridges that. Mm-hmm. If you ask yourself, where am I now and where do I want to go? Music acts as a bridge and as in a state for sleep, you're wanting to relax before that. So music mm-hmm. at 60 beats per minute, as we discuss these slow or more relaxing waves, but we can also use what are called binaural beats. Mm-hmm. So binaural beats are actually when we are in training the brain. We talked about in training the heart, but in training the brain to synchronize to a targeted brainwave state. So we do this with headphones before sleep and actually uh, with music and specific frequencies that are introduced to each ear. So, mm-hmm. for example, if we were targeting the alpha brainwave state, which about eight hertz, um, then we would might introduce 100 hertz in one side and 108 in the other. Mm. And the difference between the two is the eight hertz. So okay. the brain actually synchronizes to the difference between the two. And we can slow down the brain waves that way. And I work with a company called Monroe Institute. Mm-hmm. That was one of the first ones, one of the pioneers of binaural beats to introduce this technology with music in a very cohesive, harmonic and harmonious way. And they, they have a lot of studies, um, that show that is, that 
Hemisync is what they call their binaural beats is very beneficial to many different states. Wow. So that are yeah. those are um, two of the ways that we can use music to slow down before sleep and move into our targeted brainwave states that we know are conducive to getting into REM sleep at mm-hmm. you know during our night. All right, should we try it? I don't. I'm not ready for bed, but I <laughs> let's try it for a short. Yeah, I'll only give you a short example <laughs> of this as well. So this is this is called um, Genesis. Okay, and uh, I'll pl- I'll. I'll play it for you and Sounds hopefully good. I won't have to we'll wake see you up. if I'm nudge snoring you, in a minute. Nudge you can give you a digital to, nudge yeah. to wake up, right? That's <laughs> so, good. Here we go. Yes, very relaxing. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I, I was going to say before we started that, you know, if you would have told me like 30 years ago when I, you know, when I started doing <laughs> this, that my music would be putting people to sleep, that I would consider that like the biggest <laughs> insult. But, you know, we have 75 million people in our country that suffer from insomnia. So mm-hmm. I think that music makes so much sense. You know, that if you're having problems sleeping and mm-hmm. you know, you're you're looking for something that's non-invasive and no side effects and non-addictive, mm-hmm. um, that music is just a great thing to try. Absolutely. And I would encourage that. Absolutely. And I'm I could feel I could feel myself getting sleepy already after just a minute or so. So I love that. Well, we're already starting this process. I think this is one great example of how anyone could use music in their life of, you know, what the wind down before sleep, getting your brain ready for that. But you also have some great tools or ways to think about using music throughout your day. And as you mentioned before, becoming the DJ of your own life. So can you Mm -hmm. share a little bit about that? How, you know, how might someone take this more proactive approach to using music to, you know, make the most of every day. Yeah. So just as we nourish ourselves, you know, specific times our day with meals to target specific energy, I look at music in that same way in this musical nourishment. So in the morning when you're starting out, just like you're breaking your fast when you're eating your first meal, Mm -hmm. you know, you're breaking your fast of hearing too, you know, during what you listen to in the morning when you wake up. And so bringing really intention into that, you know, wow, what do I want to hear first thing in the morning? And that might vary based on what you have going on. So most of us have a schedule that we're looking at and we program a lot of our day. Mm -hmm. What would happen if you programmed your day musically when you looked at your schedule the night before? So if you have a big, you know, high energy meeting um, in the morning and you have to be like up, you know, a lot of energy, you're probably not going to want to listen to relaxing music. Mm-hmm. You know, you're want you're going to want to listen to something that's motivational for you. So I always recommend, you know, create a gratitude playlist for you mm-hmm. um, when you wake up in the morning. And it doesn't have to be all relaxing. So mine has um, 
sly in a family stone. Thank you for letting me be myself, which is like mm-hmm. up and really funky, right? Yeah. And Louis Armstrong, what a wonderful life. Mm. Dido, thank you. Right. And so it's putting me in that state of gratitude, but it's not necessarily relaxing me. And if I Mm -hmm. want to relax and be in gratitude, then I play a piece like I just played the heart codes, Mm -hmm. which puts me in my heart. And if you really want to bring your awareness into, you know, subtly listening to sound, I always recommend that you start with what I call your inner symphony. Mm. So waking up and before you even start your day, hearing your breath, you know, close your eyes and center yourself. And if you want to do this with me for a moment, Mm -hmm. just close your eyes and put your hand on your heart and allow yourself to feel your breath going in and just releasing that breath out and just focusing your attention on your heart, breathing in and breathing out. And just allowing yourself to feel your heartbeat and feel your breath. And knowing that we all have a heartbeat and we all have a breath, but yours is not the same as mine. We are all unique. We all have this, our own code that's within our heart and our breath that's different from the next person. And so this brings in the the mindfulness that, no matter what's going on in my day, that I can can reconnect to my heart. I can reconnect to my own energy anytime I want. All it takes is bringing in that awareness of connecting with my breath and my own heartbeat to revitalize and navigate my energy back to my center, where is where my power, my passion, and my purpose lies in this heart and everything ripples out. So starting out your day with that, like every day, that awareness that, wow, I have this whole symphony going on in my body. And then when we hear, we listen in that way, then, then Julie, everything that we listen to after that mm-hmm. becomes like magnified, like music. It just takes on this whole other state of, of awareness, you know, that we hear it more vividly. I and love that. Yeah. So that's great for the morning. Yeah. And um, I can relate on this morning. So this has been new for me. I've, I've always had an appreciation for music. I have certainly not, have not been gifted myself. I think I, I took a few piano lessons and I sang in uh, the musical in second grade. And after that, I stopped getting asked to sing. So I, I, yeah. I don't have a lot of <laughs> a musical lot of gifts, yeah. a lot of musical gifts myself, but I have such an appreciation for it. And, but, but hadn't really focus on it a lot in life until recently in the last, I would say year or so, two years, I started this, you know, a morning playlist. And for me, it was about, I coupled it with dancing. And that was a great way for me to start the day and kind of shift my energy and my mood. But I really love this idea of even before that connecting, like you said, with your own inner symphony and your heart and your breath. And you also have this really great practice in your book called the heart song breathing process. Can you tell us about that? Yeah, I thought so, that was really cool too. Yeah. So it's similar to what we just did, except actually you're focusing your attention with three different breaths. So the first breath you're bringing in through the bottom of your feet all the way up to your heart and then releasing mm-hmm. it. So you, you're going, we can do it together. Just close your eyes, bring a breath in and visualize it coming in through the bottom of your feet where you connect to the earth. This gives us the ability to ground and step into our day with focus. So you bring that energy through the bottom of your feet all the way up to your heart. And then you release it. And then the next breath is comes in through the opposite way. It comes in through the top of your head. So if you visualize yourself on the top of a mountain, think of the sky above you, this vastness that you can connect to that represents potential and possibilities in your day. And you just bring that breath in through the top of your head, connecting to that and bringing that into your heart. And that's the second breath. 
And then the third breath is integrating it. So the heart is in the center and it gives us the ability to integrate those two breaths in the Native American cultures, we say, as above, so below. So we integrate that energy of the earth and the vast sky, and we bring that into our heart where all things ripple out into our day from our heart. So bring a breath in through the heart, and then a breath out through the heart. And that you do that a couple of times before your day starts, or even when um, that's a great way to clear your energy when you're working with patients mm -hmm. as well. And if you have a, a patient that patient that might be challenging, or you feel um, you know you gave away a lot of your energy to, um, or you gave a lot of yourself away to, that's a great way to clear and come back to your own energy. Mm -hmm. And then you, you can do it in a few moments, just step outside of the room, yeah. um, clear your energy and come back in fully, fully present. So it could be very powerful and you don't need anything, right? You don't even need, uh, you know, your phone for, you don't need any outside music. Mm -hmm. This is literally just connecting to your, the music within. And then you talked about as well, um, dancing. Mm -hmm. So that's great. You know, I, I say in the middle of your day, when your energy is starting to possibly fade, just like lunch, we eat lunch yeah. to revitalize and renew our energy, getting up and moving with music, you know, is great to, you know, restore cognitive mm -hmm. skills and to focus and to tap back into whatever it is you want to create in your day that maybe you wandered from, you know, if your day's snowballing into becoming one of those days, you know, <laughs> right. it doesn't have to, right? You can get up and move. And I put on what I call your happy song. So mm -hmm. the one song that makes you happy that when you listen to it, you can't help but be yes. happy. <laughs> so mine, uh, you probably read in the book, was the Jackson 5, The Love You Save. I'm giving away my age here, but I'm sure <laughs> you probably have a song that, you know, when when you read that in the book that you said, oh, I wonder what my happy song is. And you might have one, you know, that you use. Yes. And I just, I actually just, it was one that I just recently learned about, but I, I have to look up who, who it's by. As I said, I'm not great at, but it is one that I now... Like even in, I'm in the worst of moods. If I put that on, I cannot help but be happy and dance. It's called Spread a Little Happiness by Nathan Angelo is my happy Wow. So you'll right have now. to send me that afterwards. because yeah. You can't cool help but dance when you hear it. <laughs> awesome. When, when you find out other people's happy songs, I did this on a retreat. We uh -huh. all shared our happy song. It's kind of like have, have, a, have a happy song party at your house. Yeah. Everyone gets to play their happy song. Right. And if you have 20 people there, now you have 20 happy songs. It's a great playlist. Plug yeah. into your day. <laughs> and imagine the power of this, right? When you're, if you're, you know, in your older years and you had Alzheimer's mm -hmm. or you had something where you, you're losing your memory, this is kind of like a lifeline of coming back. And that's what music has shown that the preferred music with Alzheimer's patients, mm -hmm. that they create new neural pathways that allows them to access memories that were not necessarily accessible with traditional language. Love that. So that happy song that. could... I'm thinking that's going to be the, the next dinner party trick is have everyone share their happy song and make a playlist. <laughs> awesome. I want to be there. <laughs> it sounds like a fun time. Um, yeah, anyway, so that's so, just some ways to plug into your day. You yeah. know, and we talked about sleep a little bit, but it yeah. doesn't take much to really create your own program. I love that. I love that. And like you said, just being intentional, like look at your day, look at your schedule. How do I want to feel? Using it as, like you said, your your bridge. So checking in, you know, before you're you're going into a big important meeting and saying, "Gosh, I feel really tense or nervous or down," and actually, I want to feel energized. And what piece of music can I play that are gonna that's gonna take me there? I love, I love thinking about it that way. Yeah, I think that's super powerful. It's awesome. It's individualized medicine for ourselves, right? I mean, we have self care is the first step in our physical health is taking care of ourselves. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. I love that. So beautiful. Well, as we wind down, I would love to ask you three questions that I ask everyone at the end of the podcast. So okay. the first one is, what are the three things? I bet I know one of them. What are the three things that you do on a regular basis that have the biggest positive impact on your health? 
Okay. So yeah, I mean, one of them is definitely music. And uh, when, when I don't know what to play, um, a lot of times I will chant and um, that really helps me get out of my thinking mind. Mm. Um, so that is one thing. Um, I do also, uh, my wife is a naturopathic medical doctor, so I have a lot of tools. And we do intermittent fasting. Um, sometimes we do keto, depending mm-hmm. on on what it you know what it is. We sometimes we alternate different things mm-hmm. um, in terms of our eating, you know, our yeah. eating habits. In terms of shaking things up a little bit and not getting you know overly routined as well with that. And um, you know, also um, she uses frequency based medicine and as well. So we we have Skinar in our house. We, you know, have biomodulators. We have a lot of things that we utilize as well mm-hmm. for, um, for our health. I, I, there was one time, Julia, I ran into a glass wall, literally. Um, and <laughs> I've I, done that many oh my times God. before. <laughs> we were in a rush, right? And literally she's like, come on, we have to go. We have to go into our next meeting. And I like r- ran as almost as fast as I can into a a glass wall, not seeing it. And I had this big bump that was like beginning to surface very quickly. Yeah. And we had a Skanar with us in her car. And Skanar is a technology that um, the Russian astronauts used in space, actually, because it's hard to treat with traditional medicine in space. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I used the Skanar on my head and we actually were it, it raised very slightly and that was it and i was wow. not necessarily a believer up until that point and after mm-hmm. that i was much more open to a lot of these technologies that are using mm-hmm. different frequencies i think there's a lot that we still don't know and that you know obviously there needs we need as more research but i think that um you know we we've heard a lot that music frequency mm-hmm. are going to be factors in medicine of the future. So mm-hmm. um, that's probably the three things that, that I've been using. I love that. It sounds like your house is decked out. Maybe we should have our happy party there. <laughs> Even better. Um, so the next question is, what is one thing you think would have a big impact on your health, but you have a hard time implementing with implementing it or something that you're working on? So something that I'm working on more, I guess, would be consistency Mm. Um, and knowing that I have to focus on my physical body every day. Um, In what I do, I'm probably focusing more on my emotional Mm -hmm. and spiritual state and being in that state. So I have to get myself up. So like this, um, this desk, right? Mm Mm-hmm. You Standing can see desk. it's going there up. You go. Yeah. My whole studio cool. is sit stand now. Even even my speakers, right? So cool. Stand. So that if I want to stand up and mix during my day, right? That mm-hmm. everything can be raised. That's so awesome. that's what I have to work on more is is reminding myself to get up and move more mm-hmm. um, in my day and not be stagnant. It's easy when you're in these creative flow states to forget about time. Totally. I, yeah. Yeah. I love that. My last question is what does a healthy life look like to you, Barry? So a healthy life to me looks like the balance. You know, Mm -hmm. I look at at health as a four body system Mm -hmm. and physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual. So it's finding the balance between all of those um, increases my health and well-being, and I can feel the difference when I'm balancing that. And it doesn't always mean on a day-to-day basis. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes there are different parts in your life where you have to f- focus more on the physical. You know, if you're having mm-hmm. a child, you know, you you have to focus on your physical body. Mm-hmm. But I try to keep an overview of what I'm lacking in or what I'm where I'm spending too much energy in, mm-hmm. and try to navigate my energy to create more balance. I love that. That's beautiful. So just doing a check-in and, and saying, where are you at in each of those four areas and where, where do you, where needs a little bit more energy or attention? That's Absolutely. It's beautiful. Well, this has been so lovely. I am so grateful 
to you for sharing your journey, your experience, your incredible gifts and creativity. And it's so, it's so amazing to see someone who is truly living in their gifts. And like you said, the music is flowing through you and it's a very different process than maybe before when you were feeling pressured or rushed in in other settings. So it's, it's cool for us to be on the receiving end of that. And as, as you do that and share your music with more people, then, you know, it, it helps us all be in more, more of those creative flow states so we can all share our gifts with the world. So thank you for all the work that you do. Where can people find you? Where can they find your music? Where can they learn, you know, about what you're doing, find your book or anything else you're working on? Yeah, I'm pretty easily found. Um, BarryGoldsteinMusic.com is mm-hmm. where to find me. And um, all my all my platforms, you know, Instagram and YouTube um, are great ways to connect with me. Great way also is to sign up for my newsletter. That way you can find out what's going on. And if you're new to my music, when you do that, you get three free pieces of music. So that's a great way to just kind of start um, feeling what I'm doing. And there are three mm-hmm. very different pieces. So you can actually plug them into your day to start your own program at at no cost to you at, at all. I love that. So. I love that. And I'll put in a plug for your book too. I think there are so many resources in there. You have... Like you said, you know, playlists, different music for different reasons and purposes, the specific prescriptions for different medical conditions, and just a great understanding of, you know, how music impacts our body, our emotions, our um, propensity for healing. So um, anyone who wants to learn more, I'd recommend that as well. Yeah, it's called The Secret Language of the Heart. And uh, it is a language, so. It is. It is. Well, thank you so much for sharing it all with us, Barry. This has been really wonderful. I appreciate it. Julie, thank you so much. And thank you for all your sharing and all your gifts and tools. Um, I have a chance to watch your podcast and check out a lot of what you're doing and the awareness that you're bringing into the world. And I'm just really thankful to have connected with you and appreciate you sharing um, this with your audience as well. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thanks so much for tuning in. If you enjoy listening to the podcast, please consider subscribing and giving it a five-star rating on iTunes. It really does help to get the word out to more people.